story of Jesus, the story of Moses, the story of Mohammed. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck knows what really happened? What's really exciting is this guy here. Mr. Cool Cat, Roland Kahn, welcome. Roland, what is the feeling like when everything seems to be going according to plan? 27, I opened my first Cool Cat store, which was my dream, yeah. and that became a huge success. So you need a certain amount of money to be independent, to, to tell everybody, go fuck yourself, yeah? Yeah. including the government. I found it fascinating in your book, especially at the beginning, the influence your grandfather, as well as your mom and your dad had on your life, what influence they had. Do you know what is my definition of anti-Semitism? People that hate Jews more than normal. Roland, I've been very excited for this particular podcast for a while. Um, but first, before we get started, I start all my podcasts with the same question because usually it clarifies how the rest of the conversation is going to go. And that question is, are you happy? Oh, I'm very happy. Yeah. What, in your opinion, is required to live a happy life? To be able to uh, let go, to be able to see the positive in everything, to enjoy the sunshine, to enjoy the rain, to enjoy waking up, to enjoy seeing your baby trying to make noises that look like trying to speak, to um, acknowledge your own greatness and smallness, to see how you're just a very little spot of light into the big light of the universe, to... does sound then like there's a trend there of enjoying the little things. No, enjoying everything. Mm. Yeah. But the big things are not bigger than the little things. Right. Do you think we should chase happiness? No, we should just enjoy happiness. Beautiful. For this podcast, I have a guiding research hypothesis that passion gives purpose. What are your thoughts on that? Definitely. I think that's a very nice sentence. Passion gives purpose. I think it all starts with a dream. I think we're all um, human beings from the universe that have a different programming. So each of us is unique. Uh, the only um, issue is to find your own uniqueness, to see where is my strengths, where, what are the capabilities I'm born with and how do I develop those. So um, in order to develop it, in order to develop your own potential, you should find your dream. So this is my potential. How do I turn my potential into a dream? How do I turn my dream into a purpose? How do I uh, use my passion and power to realize my purpose? And I'm one of the fortunate people to be able to have been doing that over the past 70 years of my life. What exactly is that? purpose well the first uh, thing is to be part of humanity and to make my light help shine on the world to make the world yeah a more enlightened place mm -hmm. and my qualities in specific specific are that i'm a creative entrepreneur 
And so it started with the dream that when I was 16, there was no money. And I started working in a boutique, which we're talking 1968, and there was not anywhere the offer that we have now. Um, and I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a brand, a teenage brand for teenagers that have little money and where you can create a product um, with value for money. So uh, it's uh, f fun fashion and trends at better prices than other brands. And so when I was, when I knew that dream, everything I did after my 16s was to focus on realizing that dream. And so actually I, I found the secret when I was 16. There was no book called The Secret, you know? No, exactly. Yeah, and of course The Secret is an American version of that realization. Yeah? yeah. And we are from Europe, especially in Holland, we are less, um, how would you say, promotional. Yeah? Mm. We are less loud. Yeah. yeah. So our dream is more modest, yeah? Which in a way is wrong and in another way is right. You know, it's, it's, there's no right and wrong, actually. There is just our way. And so um, having that dream, having found that dream, um, you start um, putting that dreaming in the universe. You tell everybody, I'm going to start a chain for teenagers. And then you see that most people um, have a lot of negative energy. So very few people encourage you and a lot of people try to put you down. Mm -hmm. And in my character, there is this mechanism that as soon as people start trying to put me down, it gives me the energy. So they give me the energy and I step onto their negativity and grow. Where do you believe that uh, that character comes from? Well, that's that's my fortune, you know. It's like we all get like a universe gives you qualities. Yeah. And you can, uh, I mean, I have no idea, maybe we'll ever f find out if... And how that programming with all those billions of people is done. You know, it's like, but can you imagine you are born as an outcast in India? No. So we are born under extremely lucky circumstances. Although my background is not that lucky because uh, I came from a Jewish family. I was born in 52 and I had hardly any family because the Germans, with help of the Dutch and help of most people in Europe, unfortunately, got all killed. Yeah, So we were having this luggage of everybody trying to kill you. And then the people that survived, they even tried to tell them, shut up, because uh, you have to be fortunate that you survived. Yeah, exactly. So um, in a way, I believe in the positive of the human being. But if the human being is... Um, led by the wrong people, mm -hmm. a lot of negativity happened. But anyway, let's go back to the positive story of the dream. And um, so I had this dream and I started working for a very big department store. And I started doing trainings and, and courses. And so I finished my high school at 17. And then I started working because I knew my purpose. And I believe, although I do believe that if you have the study capacities to study, but on the base of our education, we learn young people the things they don't even had to know 20 years ago. 
So we learn people the wrong skills. Yeah? We don't learn them to cooperate. We don't learn them empathy. We don't, learn them, we don't teach them manners. So we teach a lot of rational things. What is the river called? The Rhine or whatever. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you just Google it, you will find it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even languages, although I believe languages have to do with culture, but we need to teach people how to use their creativity, how to use their humanity. And even big people like Mr. Yo Ma from uh, Alibaba in China, who was a school teacher, mm -hmm. yeah, they all... And uh, people like Musk, they all have the same opinion as I have. We have to change the, the, the learning system so that young people get better skills. But anyway, I found my dream so I could adjust my learning curve mm -hmm. to the skills that I needed in order to exercise my qualities. So then at 24, uh, I started my first little boutique. And then I, at 27, I opened my first cool cat store which was my dream you know hey man you're a cool cat was an american expression for somebody that looks great yeah and that became a huge success yeah i was a millionaire was it was when it was in my 27th year mm -hmm. and you know what does I, that I, I i don't believe that money makes you happy anymore or always have no um i believe money makes you free And I wanted to be independent. So you need a certain amount of money to be independent. Mm -hmm. to, to tell everybody, go fuck yourself. Yeah? Yeah. Including the government. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Which is, in my opinion, the biggest criminal organization in the world. Yeah? I Why? Mean, yeah. I mean, government is real criminality. Yeah? Um, and, and it's not that they're born criminal. They no, get no. into the system, they become criminal. Power corrupts in a huge way. Mm -hmm. But so... I developed those skills and then during my trip making success, making money, when I got independent, I could use my qualities to help others. We started uh, a foundation, we started helping children in India where we produced. We, uh, I started, I also believe that when you are born with certain qualities, that uh, you should share them. You know, so I can offer people what I know and what I do. That doesn't mean they can be as successful as me. Because they, they, you need, apart from creativity and passion, you need another quality. I call that quality power. You need to have endurance. You need to have the willpower to make things happen. So you will fall. You'll make a mistake. You have to stand up. And you have to dive. And you have to... to, to get hit and you have to, to get up and you have to get over the wall and run and, and put a lot of energy. When I started, I used to work 80 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Now, if people want to achieve the same or more, they either have to be a lot more intelligent and a lot better organizers than me, mm -hmm. or they need to be able to work as hard. And probably they have to do both. Yeah, because when I started, life was a lot less competitive than now. I mean, the, the more the, the society uh, develops, the more rules the government creates, the more difficulties entrepreneurship encounter, uh, the more difficult it gets to be successful. And, um, and now I'm talking about my qualities. Eh? I'm, I, I, bec I, I became 
uh, an entrepreneur. And then from being an entrepreneur, I started helping in the education system. I became uh, part of the board of supervisors of the biggest uh, fashion school, high, uh, fashion uh, college in, in Amsterdam. It's called the AMFI, Amsterdam Fashion Institute, where we had design, marketing, and management. Uh, I did that for 10 years. Uh, I started giving lectures at uh, Business University Nijrode and at the University of Amsterdam. So I started um, teaching people my skills. Yeah. Yeah, I told them what I knew. Do yeah. you think you could have worked those 80 hours a week if you hadn't loved what you did? Well, I've never worked one day in my life. Mm. Cuz that is a that's a red thread that I've so far been seeing in the people I interview. Because obviously a lot of people shout about, you know, you need to work hard, you need to do this and that and stay at it, be consistent. But I feel like one of the main reasons why people struggle with that part is simply because they don't love it. Because you don't get taught to figure out what you love. Absolutely right. I, I agree 100%. But you see, most people are living dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So uh, the Roman emperors already said it. Give people food and play mm -hmm. and they'll be content. Now... I select a few groups of people. The biggest group of people in the world are spectators. They sit and they look at the match. Yeah? Whether they sit on the couch or they used to be in the Palisadium or wherever they are, or they're in the stadium, they look at the match and they're spectators. But they're not part of the match. Then there's a second group. In Holland, the group is quite big, and it's the commentators. Mm -hmm. They have comments on everything. And now with social media, it's huge. Mm -hmm. yeah? All these little misery, yeah? all these people that are frustrated in any way, in every way, that have not been able to develop their own qualities, they comment on other people, whether it's out of jealousy or it's out of their own frustration. Anyway... They are commentators, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then you have the third group where I'm part of, and they are the players. They play the match. Now, when you play, you're part of the game. Yeah. Now, when you're a good player, you can control the game. Now, the next step, so those are the three main groups. Then the next step is as I grew my business, At a certain moment, there are 6,000 people who work together with me mm -hmm. directly yeah, under my payroll. Yeah. But there were over 20,000 people all over the world making products for us. So directly, we were responsible for 6,000 families. Indirectly, we were responsible for 26,000 families. Yeah. Well, That is, in a certain way, a responsibility. Clearly. <laughs> okay. Now, if you are um, having such a group of followers, in a way, you are a leader. But you have different type of leaders. Now, the leaders I like are the coaches. Yeah? So a good player can become a coach. When you're a coach, you lead the team. Yeah, but already in the team, you can be uh, 
uh, a leader. Eh? Like you can be chosen to be the leader of the team. Yeah. Eh? They're called the captain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. So you start as a player, you become a captain, and then from a captain, you become a general, which I call a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the real good coaches can also become leaders. Yeah. So you are a leader in a way. But if you run the whole football club, yeah, uh, then you become the leader of the coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, but first you have to be a player. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you can be a coach if you haven't been a player. You understand? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah? I, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Now, the problem happens when people that are, have not been players become coaches mm. or become leaders. Like you see, most people that now in the, are in the parliament, mm. they have no fucking idea what the society is all about. No. They have no fucking idea. They go to university, they study the history or political, or they, they come with, they have no idea how you make money. Yeah. Yeah. When they make laws, they have no idea what the laws are about. They don't take the trouble to go and find out what the results are. So we get a society with huge amounts of rules that don't function. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's not our fault? Of course it's our fault. Because at the end of the day, we decide who's in power. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we don't. Why? Because it doesn't matter who we choose. Why? Because it's all the same bullshit. Mm. Yeah, it became a elite that runs the country, whether we run it over left or right. And what you see is that we had great politicians that were connected to the society, but then these um, these group changed into people that were came out of the um, what I call the big mouse groups. Mm -hmm. So now it's more important to have a big mouse than to have um, substance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you have a big mouse and you protest against somebody, or you protest, oh, you make a lot of noise. Then people say, oh, it's careful. You have to. You give him space. Yeah. So we give the wrong people space. Right. And of course there will be a reaction. It will not last. Yeah? Like everything that goes wrong, it goes back to right. But at this moment, it also leads to a huge uh, extremism, and um, we are going back in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you see that um, in order to be an enlightened society, you need freedom, you need creativity. Yeah. As soon as you try to kill that creativity and that freedom, then you get a dark society because you kill the light. Mm -hmm. You get my point? I do. I do. I'm just processing. And of course, I, I'm. 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 I'm exaggerating to make it more clear. Yeah, yeah, to make yeah? a point. I it's guess. not that black and white. No. Yeah? But if you see, if you see what happens is that about 20% of the world, yeah, is Muslim. Nothing against Muslims, nothing against Islam. But 20% of that 20% is very extreme. Yeah? So you see they go back to laws that worked 1,400 years ago, but don't work today. So that extremism, that um, looking back into history, trying to find old values because new values don't work for these people, yeah, because new values are frightening, because then you give space to people. 
Oh no, let's not give space to people. Let's grab the power. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you grab the power, you're a dictator. Then how do you keep power? By not giving anyone else space. By, by killing everybody who has a different opinion. Mm. Now, but if you kill everybody that has a different opinion, what will happen? Anarchy. Yeah, right. At a certain moment, people will turn against you. But at this moment, this extremism mm -hmm. yeah, has a huge influence on the whole world. Because it, it's, it, people see it, there is, at this moment, democracy is very limited in the world. Yeah. Yeah. China has no democracy. Yeah. The biggest democracy in the world is India. But is it really a democracy? Debatable. Yeah, there's too many people that are, have cannot read and write. No, exactly. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, that makes it very difficult to make it. Uh, it's like the religions that became very big because people couldn't read and write. But that that exactly that is what, in my opinion, is often the flaw in democracy. It's that everyone has the right to vote, and that means that on the one side that's good, but at the same time that also means people who are uninformed, make decisions. No. And there I agree and disagree. Okay. The danger is that the intellectual people find themselves more worse than Worth, yeah, yeah. intellectual. So what I think where it goes wrong mm. is that democracy has the obligation to inform and teach. Mm -hmm. So a real democracy has the obligation to make sure everybody can read and write. That's the first, the first um, job a democracy has to do. Then the second thing is there should be freedom of press and there should be equal powers where people can be able to express their opinion without any limitation. Do you think that's still possible? Yes, in a way it is possible. Uh, you see Switzerland works perfect. Mm. And you see uh, Singapore works perfect. It just means that... Um, I'm referring particularly in this case to the freedom of speech part. Yeah. Because I feel like especially that part has been majorly oppressed in the past no, uh, few in, years. In country, I think there is much more freedom of press. Okay. And there is much more... I mean, look all social media. The, the danger is only that um, we have made it possible for people to anonymously spit their opinion. Mm. And then you see that the dark forces of human beings come out. Yeah. Because people, when they cannot be caught or they can be anonymous, they come out with all their frustration and negativity. Yeah. So what I never understood is we need... A number for everything. We're registered for everything. Yeah. So we should register social media. Everybody that comes on social media can only log in with their own code. And that's the code. So you cannot go on and, and pretend to be somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Then you will see that a lot of the shit will not happen. Because I believe basically most people are okay. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. It's just that we give them the space not to be okay. Mm. So we have to create the light and the okayness instead of creating the darkness. Yeah. Well, 
very beautifully said. I uh, no, I totally see that. I think also seen a few times where um, I didn't, but other social media influencers or something they they get some sort of negative comment and then they figure out whose telephone number that is, call them up and be and end up talking to them asking why they post something like that, and then all of a sudden they don't have the balls anymore to be as big men and and share toxic information. So I I, w- I think that would be an amazing solution if something like that would be possible. Um, the funny thing is that most problems you can solve in a simple way. But the danger of the intellectuals is they like to accelerate and they like to be special. Mm. So what do they do? They make the society so complicated that even they don't understand anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. So I, I'm so brilliant. I'll make a very complicated formula. Now, I don't even have a fuck idea what I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell everybody. No, exactly, yeah? but I'll pretend like I do. Yeah, yeah. I pretend. It's, it, yeah. So we, are, we became a society of pretenders. I want to go back a little bit in your story because I found it fascinating in your book, especially at the beginning, the influence your grandfather as well as your mom and your dad had on your life. Explain a little bit for those who didn't read your book what influence they had. Well, first of all, I invite everybody who reads Dutch to to read my book because uh, the proceeds of the book go to cancer research. Uh, I'm a cancer patient as well and... um, I am one of the fortunate people that will survive, but um, we do need a lot more research in order to to get this disease under control. But I come from a Jewish family. I am strictly non-religious. I am. I I I don't believe in religion, but I respect everybody who thinks differently. Um, also, because of maybe the war and the background. But anyway, after the war. Uh, our huge family was decimated. Um, in Holland, 95% of the, all the Dutch Jews got killed. And that is not because Holland was such a fantastic country, uh, because uh, we are, together with Ukraine, the country with the biggest number of victims in the Jewish population. Um, that says something about, about the Netherlands. But anyway, let's go positive. So I came from a Jewish background, uh, my grandfather um, had was came from a German background. My other grandfather came from a French background. Two grandmothers were Dutch, and we um, we lived in Holland, in Netherlands after the Second World War. And my grandfather uh, had a garment factory, and his son-in-law, my father, took over that factory. And that wasn't that successful. Uh, he went broke, um, and when I was fourteen. And that motivated me tremendously because we came from a family of all entrepreneurs. My other grandfather was a, uh, a textile importer. He was French and he imported French textiles. I mean, the French love to work with the French. And um, so um, I started my own business, as I already told. And, um, um, and I was mainly very motivated because... Um, my, my grandfather was always positive. He always saw possibilities in everything. My father was a dreamer and he was a real war, war victim. He was 12 when the war started. And 
uh, I saw that also in my generation, I was born in 52, but the whole generation born after the Second World War, they had they, they were really victims. Most of my um, my cousins that survived, or my brother, um, got real bit mental problems. So I was very fortunate because of my dream and passion that that sort of, that that overshadowed all the negativity. Yeah. So in a way, I was looking at all these. Uh, I, for instance, I I am the only out of five nephews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my father's family survived because they moved to France where they got a Catholic identity mm-hmm. because of their connections with the garment industry, the, fab, the fabric industry, who had a connection with the Vatican, who knew in 1939 already that the Germans were planning to kill all the Jews. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do anything. Yeah, I, I'm not talking about individual great, great priests, but the institution, the yeah, church, yeah. is a criminal organization as well. Um, but... Um, and I, I, I can, uh, I, I can justify that. I can show proof. But anyway, so I, um, after the war, after um, I came from a background uh, of people that got hit by society, that got hit by governments. Yeah. So that made my trust in the government very little. So I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be able to move my, to be able to move to whatever country necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Then for us, a great thing happened. The state of Israel was founded four years before I got born, mm-hmm. which meant that in the past Jews were could go nowhere. Yeah. When the Spanish king decided to kill them, there were they they three hundred of them could flee to Amsterdam in nineteen seven in seventeen hundred. Yeah, yeah, only 300 got the permission. Yeah? yeah, so the whole society was anti-Jewish, yeah, because the Jews killed Jesus. Yeah, now the Jews didn't kill Jesus. The, Jesus was the only Jew that became God. Yeah. yeah, so but that's a different story. So out of that background, yeah, it created a strong drive to be independent. Yeah, yeah, and to be to to be able to go wherever I want to go. Yeah, and tomorrow I can take a private plane and go to Israel if something really bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I also make money, a few million a year, in the United States. So even if everything goes down here, yeah. Now, in a way, that way of thinking happens because we saw what happened. Yeah. Yeah. We saw that people can take away everything you own. And even kill you, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, and ninety five percent of the people were looking the other way, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, that doesn't mean these people are bad. You understand what I mean? The system is bad. Exactly. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Now that helped m- make my character, and in another way, it also shows the beauty of what can happen because I still believe that. 95 of all percent of all people, if being motivated in the right way, will do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I just found fascinating when looking at what you said at the start that you were lucky in a sense to be born the way you are with the characteristics that you have. And yet this particular story also, when I read it in the book, to me seemed like you were almost molded into this person. The circumstances around you made you into this person. That's yeah, why I'd be curious then, to know what whether you believe in nature versus nurture and to what extent. 
Well, both. You know, I mean, these were the characters. These were the circumstances. Well, you can make the circumstances decide what happens, mm-hmm. or you can look at the circumstances and change them into your own by your own willpower. Mm-hmm. So the circumstances gave me a certain background, yeah. which then you have to use for the best, right. for yourself. And, and, you know, I believe in a world that works for everyone, out of love, tolerance, respect, and cooperation. Yeah? But it also means that people have to take responsibility. Yeah. So I took responsibility for my own life, and it worked. Mm. Do you still, even though you say you're not religious, do you still associate yourself with that group of like the Jews? Do you feel a certain connection to that? Yeah, well, this makes the the story quite interesting. Okay. I mean, we were a people. And the 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 people were um these uh based on the religion. Mm-hmm. So if there were the Jewish people with the Jewish religion. But the Jewish people, there were 12 tribes, they were spread all over. We found a tribe in Ethiopia with Jews as black as you can imagine, but living according to the oldest Jewish traditions. Mm-hmm. We found a tribe in China, completely assimilated, yeah? Chinese people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have a joke about that because when I was in in Hong Kong, I'm not religious. Eh? Mm. I was not I was not religious, um, but still I I I like the traditions of my culture. Right. Yeah? So I'm part of the Jewish people. Very proud of my background. Yeah. But fortunately, yeah, I'm spiritual. So I see how religions existed. Did you read the books of Juval Harari? No. Very interesting. Okay. Homo Deus, Homo, home, first book is Homo Sapiens. Mm-hmm. He's a historian professor at the University of uh, Jerusalem. He's living with a man. He explains in Homo Sapiens how religions existed. Yeah, and why we all need stories. Mm-hmm. Because religion is a story. Yeah. The story of Jesus, the story of Moses, the story of Mohammed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who the fuck knows what really happened? Yeah. Yeah. And then the stories get distorted by people. I see people on Sunday, God says this and God says that. Now, who the fuck are you to talk about God? Who are you to say? But they believe in their story. And other people are willing to follow because we have leaders and we have a crowd. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. Now, if the leaders do the right things and they live out of the religion, out of love, it works perfectly. But if they live with the sword, it works terribly. Yeah. So my background, my Jewish background is I'm part of the Jewish people. I'm part of the Jewish tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Even worse, I'm a Khan, Koheni. I'm a leader. Khan means ruler, leader. You have the Aga Khan, Genghis Khan. So whether it comes from Mongolia, Khan means king, yeah. ruler. So I come from the Jewish leaders of the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And now the great thing with DNA, which is the, the human inventa- invent, the, the, how we develop our technology is amazing, that now we can go back. Yeah. yeah, And we can find our roots even thousands of years back. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So 
or I paid too much and they told me a bullshit story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah? yeah, yeah. But anyway, my story goes back to the leaders of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And I'm a born leader. Yeah. So I developed as a leader. Yeah. And I'm a very strong um, protector of the Jewish state because there's 80 Muslim states and there's one Jewish state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this state will guarantee the survival of the Jewish people, which is only 15 million. Yeah. Now, these Jewish people, a big part of them are not religious. But we're all bound by our background. We are bound by the fact that other people hate us. Mm-hmm. Do you know what is my definition of anti-Semitism? People that hate Jews more than normal. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, because people are born and educated with anti-Semitism. I, I, I would like to... I believe the educated part, but born with... Why no, do you say born that? is the wrong word. Okay. Yeah? yeah, but if they are born in a family out of anti-Semitism or a Catholic family where you learn that Jews killed Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah? Now, if I believe in Jesus, He's my God, and you killed Jesus, what are you? Yeah, yeah. So, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah, whether there was a disease or a Catholic priest. Uh, uh, killed a kid because he fucked a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. then the Jews killed the kid and put the blood in the matzes. In the what? The 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 the, the, the bread that is uh, uh, that is yeah, not. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. called the matzes. Yeah, yeah? yeah. Now people believe those bullshit stories mm-hmm. because the priests told the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the pests came. The Jews spread the pests, not the rats, not their own. Uh, un- an uneducated behavior with hygiene. Mm-hmm. So people have been spreading stories. Yeah. And now the, the bad thing about Jews is there's so little in every country. Yeah. Now they don't have any voting power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, to make a difference. You so mean? Th- to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. So politically, they are completely useless. Yeah. Yeah. So what a great gifts that we can blame the Jews. Mm. Yeah? Why do you think that is? Why why well, uh, in in a way it is it also because we are part of the light of the universe. Yeah. So a lot of people are jealous. Yeah. Yeah. If you see out of 15 million people, yeah? How many people live in the world? 8 billion by now, okay. I think. So how much is 15 million out of 8 billion? Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> less less than two per mile. Yeah. yeah. 20% of all the Nobel Prizes go to Jews. Yeah. We're not famous for making money. We're famous for being extremely creative and extremely wise. And you know why that is? Because we learn to discuss. Mm-hmm. Out of our culture... My grandfather asked me questions. And when I asked him a question, he answered me with a question. When my children asked me questions, I answered them with a question. We learn each other to learn and to be curious. Now, if you're curious, are you open-minded? Then everything's possible. Then everything is possible. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that we are more intelligent than other people. We are not. 
but we are more open-minded, we're more creative. Mm. Yeah? And out of that creativity, whether it's in science, whether it's in music, yeah, even when it's in business, yeah. Yeah? it's the creativity part that makes us shine. And yep. by making us shine, we shine light on the world, and then a lot of people don't like to see the light. Yeah. It instantly reminds me of the... Uh, Ron said the same. Ron Simpson, you know him. Uh, I spoke to him as well. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. I, I love him. And he also... Um, he mentioned that his approach, he also would consider himself a creative entrepreneur and that... He is a creative entrepreneur. He, he, t he tackles things by saying, if A and B isn't there, I make a solution C. And that's so fascinating that that now comes back in what you say as well, that the answer to getting a, or bec becoming successful, would you say that? Oh, yes. Well, Ron and me, we are soul brothers. Yeah, but yeah. he's the younger generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Ron. He yeah. is, and, and you see both of us, we like to give, give back to the world. Yeah. Ron is setting up an academy yeah. for young creative people. So in, in, instead of keeping our knowledge to ourselves, we're willing to, to share it with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that makes us only richer, not poorer. Yeah, exactly. I think some people may, as a hater on the outside, may say that's luck. Okay. What, <laughs> what would you say to people who say that? They're right. Ah, okay. Basically, everybody's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, in a way, it is luck to be born with a Jewish background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have the power to be able to handle everything that thousands and thousands of people that say, all the Jews are gay, all the Jews are gay, or all... Oh, oh, Hamas, Hamas, all the Jews have to be killed by the gas. If you're willing to take that role, yeah, and you call it lucky, then I, then I wish everybody that luck. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in a way, you're lucky because you stand out in the crowd. Mm -hmm. yeah? You realize that you cannot depend on the crowd, you have to depend on yourself. Yeah. And that's a huge strength. Yeah, major. Yeah. So in a way, yes, I'm lucky to be born with a Jewish background, but I can also tell 20 reasons why it's not luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, it's perception. It's how you stand in life. Yeah. yeah. The half full glass, the half empty glass. Yeah. Very nice. At some point, obviously, Cool Cat really takes off. And I believe it was... I didn't even understand the top value, but it was worth a lot of money. You will go on to buy America Today, or I think that was your own venture, right? America. No, no, America Today I bought. Ah, and MS Mode as well? I bought, I, 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 the rest all I bought. Exactly. Yeah. What is the feeling like when everything seems to be going according to plan in regards to your whole Cool Cat investment, MS Mode, America Today? What is that feeling like? Well, first of all, it didn't go according to Planet. Planet went a lot better. Mm. But when you have success, it's like you fly, but you fly without a plane. You fly on your own power. Mm -hmm. You get free from the gravity and you're able 
to move above. And that's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling to be able to create something and a lot of people like it. Mm -hmm. And out of reward, they buy your products. Out of buying your products, you make a big profit. Making a big profit makes you rich. Yeah, and I mean rich in money. Yeah. yeah. Because some people are so poor, all they have is money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it helps you to create a huge freedom. Yeah. The freedom of being able to fly. Yeah. And and yeah, and that's an amazing feeling. Did you ever do a free fall? No, sadly not yet, but I intend now to. That's something that's an amazing experience. Yeah. I did that, I would say approximately eight or nine years ago. I was just over 60. Yeah. And in a t-shirt, 30 degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and 3,000 meters high. Yeah. And, and you drop and you see the skyline. And, and getting out of the plane is like, what am I going to do that really seriously? Yeah. yeah. It's like a, you, you, it's a fear. But then you do the step. and You yeah. jump out. Mm. And uh, there is a parachutist on your back who knows what to do. Mm -hmm. But still, you know, <laughs> you take risk. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Mm -hmm. I could imagine at that particular top, you feel almost unbreakable, like nothing can destroy you. And I believe at that exact point, cancer comes along, mm -hmm. right? And you end up getting cancer. No, no. The cancer I got um, out of negativity. And what negativity was that? First, I was attacked by uh, um, a minister. Okay. Who was part of the protesters? Or, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Protest. professional okay. protesters. Okay. Yeah? So the minister um, told the world, yeah, that I made people work in Bangladesh under bad circumstances. Mm, well, I read this story. I, I don't employ anybody. Yeah, I employ a few people in Bangladesh. Yeah, we have our own office. Yeah, but I don't employ the people in the factories. Yeah, yeah. it's this huge criminal political world that makes this happen, mm -hmm. yeah? And so it's more the fault from the minister than my fault. But then people like to blame. Yeah. So I, 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 I threatened to put her in, in court. Yeah. And so she pulled back her big words. Yeah. yeah? But people uh, always like to blame. Yeah. Yeah? So that gave me a huge amount of stress because I felt it's, I worked so hard. I paid over a billion of taxes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I put so much effort... And I found so I, I found this so unjustified. Yeah. Uh, to the crim to criminal level. Yeah? yeah. Then I had a very uh, negative girlfriend, uh, a gold digger, mm. who not only took my money but also my honor. Mm. And um, well, you know, I don't want to to go okay. into it too too deeply. And I mean, it was an episode, and I had so much stress that I developed cancer. Mm -hmm. And then I had to fight cancer. And that fight, uh, I, it looks, looks like I won that fight as well. Yeah. So again, uh, now I, um, I, have a I, have a neg I have negativity in my life, but then I express it by talking about it, leaving it, letting it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, it's no longer part of your system. Yeah. Yeah? So you have to get rid of all the negativity Mm -hmm. Spit it out, spread it out, shout it out, yeah, and 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 sleep like a child. Speaking of children, you recently became a father. Yes, amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. 
I suppose at the point that this episode will come out, it will by then be knowledge, but my girlfriend is also pregnant oh, at the moment. Com- congratulations. Is that your first? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's an amazing. Yeah. Look, those are my three big children. My two sons took over the business two years ago. Yeah. So I'm now the advisor, a little bit longer than two years ago, but we have been running the company for five, six years together. Yeah. I developed cancer when I was uh, in 2117. Yeah. And um um and um yeah, so that actually at that moment I should have handled the business, but um you know it's also a huge responsibility, uh, all these people and uh, but actually everything that is good you always do too late. And yeah, everything that's yeah, bad you yeah. always do too early. It's always better. But anyway, my 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 children make me very proud. My daughter is um now taking over my job in our uh, foundation where we do charity for children. And um, so my three big children, my two sons, are going to be uh, nine, uh, 39 in uh, this month. Mm-hmm. And my daughter is 31. And now we have the little daughter from my second uh, wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name is Jayla Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn was the name of my mother that unfortunately died two years ago. And uh, yeah, she's uh, she's an amazing little girl with a lot of spirit. Uh, my first wife was Chinese, Chinese Indonesian, with a Catholic background. My second wife um, is um, Suriname, and she is an independent entrepreneur. Actually, when I looked at changing my life and really going for soulmate again, mm-hmm. and put the focus on that. Uh, uh, together with my Kabbalah teacher, mm-hmm. um, I, I've been studying Kabbalah for for a few years, and uh, you know, basically studying and learning about uh, spirituality, whether it's uh, Hindu spirituality or uh, Muslim spirituality, Sufi, or it is uh, spirituality coming from the Jewish background, uh, Kabbalah. All spirituality has the same roots. It's yeah. amazing, and more yeah. you, you more you you dive into it, you more you see that wisdom comes from the same place. Mm-hmm. And um, so in a way, uh, I focused on a soulmate. And what was very important to me, somebody that was financially independent, but also somebody that was intelligent enough to make our life interesting. Right. Because intelligent people, and I did have nothing against, I mean, intelligence is not one thing, eh? you, have, no, you, have, uh, you have intelligence in many ways. But what I mean with intelligence is people that are challenging, people that are curious, yeah. people that have knowledge, people are, that are able to read, people are open-minded to look at another opinion. Yeah. Yeah? Now, I found a woman that is as direct as me, has the same um, sense of humor as me, um, but we come from totally different backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. She comes from Suriname background. I come from Ashkenazi, uh, uh, a white background, you could yeah. call it. Yeah? yeah. But we we are born soulmates, and uh, and we recognize that. And beautiful. And so then having a child together, yeah. And you know, also she had to face many things. You know, when you are a young woman and you marry or you get together with a guy that is twice your age. Yeah. You have to be courageous. 
Because that that is one of the many dogmas that we create in this society. Yeah. We tell people what to do, how to live, and what is right and what is wrong. But the people that tell other people what is right and wrong have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And they are not putting energy into their own life. But anyway, that's part of life too. So then also you have to be able to go, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And but again, that makes life challenging too. We never took the easy way. Mm-hmm. And my 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 uh, second wife never took the easy way too. Mm-hmm. But together we we have the easy way. Yeah. Yeah. And together we can laugh on all the bullshit. And it makes us even stronger. Yeah. You know? Is there any advice then as a from a experienced father to a father to be that you have for me? Never take your child for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um treat your child from day one as an adult. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Respect every moment and also I would say document as much as possible. Okay. Because it's um it it goes so fast. Yeah. You know, our daughter is 14 weeks. Yeah. 14 and a half weeks. And if you and uh, now I have so much time on my hands, so I yeah. have I've been able to follow this process so much closer. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I think a child is the biggest gift you mm-hmm. can have. And it's an ego trip because in a, in a way you see yourself. Yeah. And in another way, the child is independent. It's an independent soul. Yeah. And whether the philosophy is that the child chose you or you chose the child, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But the, the great thing is, yeah, you don't own the child. Mm-hmm. The child is in your care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah? And the more love and energy you put into it, the more love and energy comes out. Yeah, so don't expect anything back. No. Yeah, just give as much as you can give, and put as much. My daughter, my first daughter, jo- uh, Joelle, when she was four, I tried to correct her. Mm-hmm. I'm not such a good corrector, you know. Okay. Yeah, because I, I mean, I see the sense of humor and everything. But yeah, I tried to correct her, and then she looked at me, says, "Daddy." Anyway, she said something in the sense that made me aware, yeah, that that I had no right, yeah, yeah. to tell her what to do. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So in a way she corrected me, said, listen, that's not your role. <laughs> yeah, it's my role to choose. Yeah? yeah. And in a way, we have to help educate the child. We have to make a child see what is right and what's wrong. Yeah. So we have to be very, very aware of the dangers that are looking for our children and we have to protect them, but we have to give them all the space to develop the way they want. Good advice. Huh? Good advice. Well. Thank you. I wish you a great journey because uh, becoming a father is uh, an amazing journey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. And when when is the child to be born? 19th of June. 19th of June. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm born the 20th of June. Ah, well, there you go. Uh, so the child will be born um, under the sign of probably Gemini. Probably. Yeah. Gemini has two sides. Mm. Yeah. It's Gemini is the yin and yang in itself. Okay. It's an exciting sign. Yeah. Yeah, we are very excited. Uh, do you believe in astrology? <sighs> More than I used to. Yeah. 
I've seen amazing things in astrology. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Such as? Well, there is a connection between the planets and our, our, our role. Like there is, you're born with a certain DNA, a certain base of energy, a certain base of... And astrology in a lot of countries is a universal study. In mm. India, people study six years to become a master of astrology. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, another thing is that we in the West, we have learned to depend on ratio. Yeah, although lots of people go to church, but still we depend on ratio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our whole spiritual side has been underdeveloped. We have learned to listen to what we say, but we don't have learned to listen to what really has been said. We don't look people in the eye. We don't really see. Mm -hmm. And then there's another level of energy that we don't receive. Now, when you start looking at that, like... In, in in Asia, people are much further in that road. Yeah. Um, when you look at that and you start listening to what really comes in, mm -hmm. yeah. When we sit, you send me energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I send you energy. The way people come in, their attitudes, the their their uh, the whole thing. There's so much energy that yeah. we spread, but we have not learned to be able to receive it. And that's an interesting thing. So I focused on that since the 90s that I started traveling to India in 86. Yeah. And the more you travel to Asia, the more you see how much wisdom comes from there. Yeah. There's also totally different medical science. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there is so much science over there and we have not been able to combine those sciences together enough. No. No, I made my experience on that when I lived in Bali for half a year, where, um, yeah, so long story, long story short, a friend of ours had an accident. She fell off her scooter and we were in a village and this village ended up dabbing some sort of grass on her. And at the time we were like, oh, go, oh here we go. You know, she's going to end up getting a major infection in her leg, putting weird grass on her uh, leg. And actually in the end, she ended up healing much quicker than she ever would have with like... Bandage. If you see in, in the in the woods of Suriname, yeah, there's so much medicine and so much know-how that we have completely lost. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, we live in an interesting world for sure. I have two more questions. <clears throat> uh, obviously, the podcast is called the Quarter Life Crisis. Obviously, the podcast is called the Quarter Life Crisis. Okay. Would you say you had a quarter life crisis? I would say I had a life crisis um, in the period that I divorced my ex-wife. Okay. I was 55, 56. Mm -hmm. um, I always had the feeling that I wanted to be a teenager in a mature and a mature soul into a 25-year-old body. Mm -hmm. That last didn't, didn't work, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, so in a way, um, I think I killed, with the crisis, I killed my first marriage. Okay. In another way, I don't believe that people are not, a lot of, not a lot of people are made 
like people used to die 40, 50, 60. Now people die between 80 and 100. Yeah. yeah? So I don't believe people are made to live 60 or 70 years together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is, when you have a, a, you develop and not that some people develop together, other people develop in a separate way. So some journeys you make for a long time, other journeys you make for shorter time. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, I think my midlife crisis, where I try to be extremely young and, and be very attractive to women, and whether I was attractive because the power I, uh, I had or the, the money I had or whatever I had or my energy, it's always different. Yeah. yeah. But I think I had that crisis, yeah. Is there any advice for uh, for those that are, let's say, in the beginning of their 20s, trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, how they can figure that out easier? Because one of the main struggles that I also experienced myself is that there is just so many opportunities, meaning I can study business or literally study whatever I want, essentially, study business, and then there's still, I can do anything. Is there any advice there when it comes to figuring that part out? Well, I think the first thing is to be able uh, to go back to your own values and to realize that um, this is also a face. And when you can look at the face and laugh about it, say, oh, it's so funny that I act like this, yeah? mm. and make it light yeah, and not take it seriously. I think when you're able to laugh about what you do and you are able to make it relative, then it will not be that problematic but it's part of nature because yeah. we change we change our you know you, as a man it's, it looks like when when there is the old lion mm-hmm. that runs the crew and there's the new young strong lion that will take the lion and fight the lion and he has to give his position yeah in a way that is the process you go through as a human being yeah yeah mm-hmm. you were the king mm-hmm. and now the new king comes mm-hmm. yeah and um And because our whole society has become so much more complicated than nature, yeah? Um, But it's more or less the same process. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's part of nature, part of your natural thing that you will have that crisis. Yeah. It is not about the crisis, how you handle it. Exactly. Embrace it almost. Last question. What does the future hold for Roland? First of all... um, to stay healthy, to be able to win, overwin melanoma cancer, which looks very, very uh, promising. I, th- I think I'm in the last stage of fighting the disease. Uh, uh, thanks to an amazing team uh, helping me and amazing doctors, amazing research, amazing new developments on melanoma cancer. So I'm again very fortunate to live in this moment. Um, so the first thing is to stay healthy. The second thing is that I hope to celebrate the 30th birthday of my daughter, which means I have to make it to 100 years on this planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's a Jewish wish to wish you 120. And then the other party that, has to, that gets the wish has to say, and I hope you are at my funeral. Yeah. So um, you wish each other a long life, but just living is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Giving purpose to your life, being a good coach to my daughter, being a good example to all my children and to everybody who wants to look at what I have to offer to society and to the world. And 
being able to make a joke about everything, especially about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I wish you a long and happy life in that case. I want to thank you for your insights and wisdom today. I imagine it will be very helpful and definitely was for myself. Thank you. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to express what I can express. And I think you had a very nice energy and you asked really interesting questions. And I do hope that you give me the link and I can also listen to other stories and interviews you did. And I, I wish you the double of what you wish yourself. Thank you.